Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Queston Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Today's episode, we have uh, quite a few things to discuss, but let me start off by welcoming our guests. Charlie, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, and with us, as always, our producer, fearless, bold, Eming Piansai. I want to start off with a story. Actually, this is something that Eming sent to me, which I, it, it begs discussion. It's one of those things you see, it, you can't believe it. You have to talk about it. This is a, the headline is you'd have to pay the average Facebook user over $1,000 a year to stop using Facebook. And, you know, they present it in the context of the hashtag delete Facebook uh, trending in terms of uh, privacy concerns and, you know, connections to Russian meddling with the election. And they're, they're trying to connect that to, you know, whether people are actually quitting and what you would have to do to get people to delete Facebook or if it's even possible, you know, I mean, it's possible, but they don't make it easy. So it says on average, a user would need to be paid well over than 1000 a year to do so. So this is a study, right? Obviously you have to unpack a study, how many people participated, who are you asking? But it's an interesting conversation point because how much would it take for you to get off? Right. Me personally. And I don't know if this is true for you guys. I really feel like, Facebook is kind of past its prime and uh, I don't know if there would be any amount of money. Like I say easily, like, I don't know. I, I guess I would do it for free. What if you told me tomorrow, like just quit Facebook, like on a dare, it wouldn't be that big a deal to me. But then I also remember like, just cause I'm not on Facebook every day, Facebook to like in my world really is just comprised of kind of like pissed off uncles who have like questionable politics anywhere on the spectrum, not just, you know, that's my Facebook world. It seems like a lot of older people on there. And when I talk to young people and I interact with a lot of young people at work, I'm in the middle. I'm not an old person. I'm not a young person. Facebook just kind of seems to be graying, right? Like kids are going to Instagram, Snapchat, probably other apps I haven't even heard of yet. So it seems outrageous to me that the average Facebook user is asking for $1,000. But then I get reminded of how valuable it can be, right? Most recently, we tried to have a party for, you know, Pacific News Service, New America Media people, Quest on staff members to get together in San Francisco, as many people as we could get. And we thought like, oh, what's the easiest way to invite people? I just went through and invited everybody on Facebook, right? I don't go on there. I don't use it very often, but it's a handy tool in that regard. So I wonder like, oh, yeah, there are probably people I'm only in touch with on there. And if I deleted it, it would be the 21st century version of like, you know, deleting or uh, burning your Rolodex or losing your little black book or something. So I'm torn. I was ready to say a thousand dollars. That's crazy um, that people would even give that answer. But, you know, I forget actually how much I use it, even if I'm not on that, on there that much. So, I mean, I, are, did you guys have the same response to this? Well, I, you know how, um, well, Okay, so the reason why I sent that story was because um, I've noticed a theme running through all our podcasts where it's kind of like social media seems to be the cause of all our issues. At least, and so I, yeah. so I was kind of wondering, like, what would people would people actually um, do that kind of thing where they are paid to not go on social media? Could, could that be a thing that anyone does? Because, I mean, I find mm -hmm. myself always on my Facebook when I'm like in between things at work because, you know, I have family everywhere and I'm curious. 
where people are, how they are. And, you know, you, you get caught up in the feed, you get lost in the scrolling process. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a black, I mean, that's why I can't go on Twitter. Cause it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. This keeps going. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, Facebook- well, I have, here's my question. Does it include Instagram? I mean, I know Facebook owns Instagram. So it's uh, like, what I, I also have to get rid of Instagram because I think I recently went through, I, I stopped going on Instagram like about a month ago. Not like not for any reason other than I was just wasting so much time on there. Like you said, I just like, I would find myself coming home from work. I wouldn't do anything. I just like chill on the couch and just like, I love memes, follow a lot of meme pages. I'm just like scrolling, looking for good memes. And as you say, it keeps going. The feed keeps going. And I was like, God, this is like, like hours of my life. So I got off, but I didn't, it wasn't like a permanent decision. And, you know, there's still value. I'm still curious about it. You know, it's like I saw my cousin at Christmas and she's like, how come you didn't respond to any of those memes I tagged you in? You know, and I was like, really interested. I was like, oh, I got to see because she sends good memes. She sends fire memes. So I wanted to go look. So, you know, I'll probably end up back there. You know, how much would I take a thousand dollars to never go on Instagram again? I don't know. I don't think I even have like a full understanding of the role that social media plays in my life to be honest mm. like i think that i downplay it because i because i'm on there less than other people so i think i'm not on there but that's actually not true well i watched that movie american meme oh, you have you seen that it. yet I've, i know we talked I've, about i've been this. meaning to but I, I haven't actually done it yet <laughs> um it's good i don't think i finished it i watched most of it um but I, you know I, I don't know if there's like one major takeaway i think it's well done i think the subjects that they chose are really good i'm interested in people's stories i actually did learn a lot about paris hilton and <laughs> god knows you gotta learn more about paris hilton well that's the thing like when when melanie mentioned her i feel like i was like very callous and sensitive you know melanie was talking about how hurt paris hilton still is how mortified she still is by like the leaking of her sex tape and i think when she mentioned that i was dismissive i was like oh paris like get over it or whatever and then i watched the movie i was like oh man i was like really insensitive like that is a terrible thing that happened to her and like paris hilton's paris hilton like she's still a person and then as I watched it, I would just kind of felt bad for all of these people. And I actually genuinely felt sympathetic, not specifically for Paris Hilton, but for all of them, because, you know, to have your life and your identity wrapped up in followers, uh, that's, that's a crazy way to live, man. It's a crazy way to live. It feels, it seems very unsustainable and sad. And one of the guys on there was actually really pretty smart and had a lot of insight and, I think he was the guy I, I actually hadn't heard. He was the one person I hadn't heard of before, but he was the guy who got famous for like pouring champagne all over girls, like at nightclubs and taking pictures oh, yeah, of girls. Yeah. With she mentioned that. Okay. So I had never heard of that guy before. And, you know, he kind of like became a troll, right? Obviously because a lot of women were really upset at him. Like, Oh, like this is disgusting. Like what you're doing here is like objectifying women. And it's like, like incredibly misogynistic. So he kind of responded to that criticism by like being a troll and kind of like an anti-feminist, even though it's like, that's not really who he is when you see him and you meet him and talk Mm -hmm. to him. So it also, it made me feel very sad for someone like, oh, like you're a troll. Like you're like this kind of like a a misogynist on the internet because that's the behavior that's expected of you. I, I don't know, man. I empathize with these people a lot, but I also was very glad that I was not. I think I am not of the generation where like being on social media is absolutely central to your life, you know? And I feel, I feel absolved of that 
Right. Well, I mean, you kind of stopped. So asking you is like, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> In a way, like you've already kind of no, I mean, it's purging not... yourself of it. Yeah, but I think like, I don't know. When you were in high school, there was no social media, right? There was MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. We're a different generation. There like, was MySpace. Kids now, like, yeah, Friendster. I think like when I tell, you know, like Cliff, Cliff's daughter, Ella, you know, like she, I, I mean, I, you know, like she's a, a freshman in high school, you know? And I saw her when I was in San Francisco and we were talking about that movie, Eighth Grade. Did you mm. see that movie, Eighth Grade? I rented it. It's sitting in my iTunes thing waiting to be watched. I want to see it. Cause it's good. It's a good, good review when you talked about it. But yeah. I was curious about that. It's a good movie. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's not a perfect film. It's not high art. But I thought like, you know, a lot of the times I think when they make movies about young people and like try to tell movies from young people's perspectives, it feels like a little fake or, you know what I mean? This didn't. This like felt this felt genuine, and I thought like the actor, the the woman who plays that girl, did a really good job, and I thought she was really well cast. And you know, like it's a world I don't know. Like I'm not an eight eighth a girl in eighth grade in 2018, and I felt like I got some insight into it. You know, and some of the challenges are not new. You know, the idea of being like insecure and self conscious, all that stuff. Like those are age old uh, situations, but the role that i mean actually social media is pretty empowering for her because she has a youtube channel you know like her character and how she kind of overcomes like not being that popular or feeling insecure is that she like has these little diary entries on youtube i thought it was good you know i thought it was good you know i the reason i mentioned is just because we had that conversation i had a conversation with ella when i was in san francisco about like oh did you think that that was you know pretty accurate she said yeah you know Hmm. She's exactly her age. She's a freshman now, but she was the right. same age when that movie came out. I wonder how similar it is for me because when we first started doing, uh, um, when Yo started doing the, the the YouTube stuff, like for vlogging, and I was the only one doing it for like a while because no one else knew what the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was, I would, I would, I would upload every week, and I would, and I was not aware of what. YouTube comments were until I started doing it. <laughs> and oh, and I, yeah. I was like, what, uh, early 20s? And there were yeah. some mean ass comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, and I was super sensitive. And I would like, and I would sit there. And my friend was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I read a mean comment. <laughs> I'm just like, in my feelings right now. <laughs> you can't read the comments. Man. You can't read okay, the comments. so like, mean comments like what? I don't really want to talk about it, but it was mean. <laughs> no. Okay, so it was like personal attacks. Yeah, on you. like physical attacks. Okay, yeah. I, I just don't. Wow, I don't want to get into that. But it was wow. just mean. I was just okay. I, I was hurt. I was. I mean, I was always sensitive as it was, and you just add another layer of it. Just it just didn't go well for me in, in, internally. Yeah. When I went, um, you know, when we finished filming that reality show, the I'm from Rolling Stone show, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they didn't air it live right we filmed for a few months and then they're gonna edit it and then it was gonna air like months later so they had someone come in and like give us advice on like how to like it's gonna be weird because you're gonna be on tv like here are some things to think about while this is happening the first thing they said was don't read the comments anywhere about anything (laughs) like yeah don't read don't even read reviews of the show like don't read articles about the show like people are gonna say really mean things like you're not gonna believe how mean they're gonna be you know, right. you know what's funny? Uh, I had to stop reading the comments 
about that fucking show because I found myself in fucking comment threads defending your ass. And I'm like, that's so sweet. What the fuck? To the rescue. Aww. Thank you, man. I felt, I felt, no, nah, because I ain't one of them people you ain't going to just sit here and talk shit about my people, bro. I'm a, if I see it, I'm going to say something. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, and so I, 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 I was just like, what? The, like, people like hating. Yeah. Like, that was the show that I didn't, I wasn't aware of internet comment culture at that time either. And so that yeah. was like my first foray into it. Yes, yeah, same, same here. I think back at that time, I did like maybe two vlogs. I did a vlog. Yeah. I did a vlog after Obama first won his first election. And mm-hmm. I did another vlog. And I had weirdo like conservatives coming at me uh, on my Obama winning vlog. And they would yeah. still, it was after his second election. It was two years into his second election. And they would still commenting yeah. on that video to the point where I just like, made a video private because it didn't make no sense for me for the conversation to continue right but um but um like comment culture is weird because people have sustained arguments uh (laughs) 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 in in like months long arguments in those in those comments and you you as a content creator like especially if you're any type of popular if you get a lot of views and a lot of comments It'll be so much shit going on in the comments of your videos that you won't even notice. Right. Yeah. It's insane. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, to, to bring it back to our uh, subject here, I, in some ways, I'm glad you mentioned that, kind of feels like Facebook has become just an offshoot of comment culture. If you consider, like, the amount of, like, political debates that are going on, there, I know friendships that get lost over, you know, Facebook arguments. Yes. And, <laughs> political debates that like instantly devolve you know because we all have you know pretty diverse friend sets you know not everybody you know is gonna have the same perspectives as you and some of those comment wars like people don't back down man and i'm like i i kind of stay out of those conversations early on i thought it was kind of cool to be like a troll or like have debates but that like just instantly bit my hand like uh and I was like, this is not healthy, but you know, I have to witness that. It's like people I know, like my family members having arguments, you know, that go on for 30, 40, 50 comment lines. I don't want to be a part of that, man. And I, I want to say that's the majority. Of- I engage in Facebook arguments for like sports. Uh, yeah. There are, or there are, yeah. There's that's like, safe. that's the same. There's, there's a sports, that's a sport there's a sports group I'm in and, you know, I'll go there all day and I'll, you know, troll people about Steph Curry being better than LeBron. (laughs) As I do this, like, I'm realizing, like, some of these people are even getting serious in this fucking sports group. And so there's a culture of damn near internet bullying. You know what I'm saying? That happens. um, Yeah within within sports fandom online it happens on twitter it happens on facebook like you know everybody got all the memes when the warriors lose everybody got all the memes yeah and uh you know i'm saying so like um it's it's what what facebook has kind of devolved to uh to your point is that whole like argument debate and people feel entitled 
to a debate. Like it's like you can't just make a point and walk away anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I actually, you know what, Charlie, this is a very relevant story. This happened a long time ago, but I learned a lot from this. This was uh, an exchange that uh, uh, Korea and I had on Facebook. Like, God, I don't know. It must have been four or five years ago because it was the last World Cup, not this World Cup, the one before that. Um, And she had a post about, you know, how she was sad because, you know, she won Argentina to win the World Cup. Right, Germany beat Argentina in the World Cup. And she said something about like, oh, you know, I had to tell my my daughter had tears in her eyes, you know, and, you know, she said the the colonizers won again or whatever, you know, talking about Germany. And I was like, well, you know, Germany's not really a colonial power, you know, especially when you put them up against Argentina, you know, like if you look at the back of those jerseys, you know, those are all Italian names, you know, like Argentina (laughs) was really a colonial adventure. There's a reason that you don't see a lot of indigenous people and that's where the tango is. And, you know, Europeans say, oh, yeah, Argentina is where we raise our cows, you know. So I was trying to, like, make a point, a point that I'll make to you, to either of you, where I was like, oh, like, who's the bigger colonial power? You know, if that's what your main concern is, right? Half as a joke and half as like a like a minor troll. And she got upset because she felt like I was challenging her. But like it, it was a thing where I felt like if we were in person and I mentioned that. You know, she might have said, oh, yeah, well, you know, Germans, not like Germans don't have anything else in their past. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> they got some secrets of their own. Uh, very, very open, dark secrets. Uh, <laughs> but it just turned ugly uh, if we had been in person. And I watched that. I was like, oh, damn. But like, this is a person who actually is my friend who I like have a lot of love and respect for. I'm not going to you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to double down yeah. on this you know, point about Germany versus Argentina. And that was very instructive to me. That was the last time I like just randomly would go on a friend's page and like contradict something they posted. You know what I mean? Cause I felt like this is potentially volatile in a way that's like not just a friend being funny, but could potentially turn to something that's like unpleasant, you know, or challenge friendships. And that I was think, years ago, obviously. I think what lends to kind of the speed with which vitriol can appear in Facebook conversation is like the complete lack of nuance and inflection in yeah. writing. Tone. Yeah. You know what I'm Tone saying? Tone is big. And, <laughs> totally, and, totally. Yeah. And, and um, because we're so limited in how we can respond with, with with uh simple gestures like you know nobody asked for all those weirdo emojis that now appear at the like button we yeah. asked for a simple dislike button you know what uh, i'm saying yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, imagine, imagine how much easier how much more could be communicated uh and how much simpler <laughs> it could be communicated if there were simply That's true. a dislike button. And so um, I don't... First, well, first of all, Facebook, it, it's strange to me that you said that people would have to be paid, what, $1,000? Mm-hmm. To no longer... $1,000. No I mean, according to this study, Facebook users said that they would um, have to be offered $1,000 in order to give up Facebook. I'm surprised by that figure. That is insane to me. I have like I have strong misgivings about a continued relationship with Facebook. I don't see outside of like instant access to some of my family members. 
that I normally wouldn't have mm-hmm. the same access to, I don't see the benefit of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can I can see the benefit of Twitter um, because things because uh, you know you're limited in characters. You have to say what the fuck you mean, or you know quickly mm-hmm. tell your joke and get out of the way. Whereas mm-hmm. Facebook uh, supports these long ass diatribes and uh, encourages yeah. uh conversation for the sake of user interaction because they make more money off of it so it doesn't really matter what the conversation is they didn't investigate hella deep into those russian bots they didn't do no deep investigation into those russian bots because those russian bots were driving fucking traffic and that was making facebook money and that made them happy so so uh and and like our country is in a spiral partially because of that. Um, it, I'm, I'm really, I'm really uh, kicking myself like for having a Facebook account right now. I grew up watching the NFL, right? And after Colin Kaepernick started kneeling, um, a bunch of NFL fans reacted a certain way a bunch of NFL owners reacted a certain way and it put a distance between me and the NFL that I had never felt before. I think that's kind of what's happening now. Um, For you with Facebook, you mean? Yeah. Like what's strange is I haven't watched a football game in three seasons. Like I boycotted once Colin Kaepernick got blacklisted and my mind got blacklisted. Well, and, Charlie, Charlie, um, j- just so you know, the Niners beat the Seahawks uh, a few weeks ago. It was pretty glorious. I'm sure you saw the score <laughs> the next day, but I just want you to know you, you didn't miss that much as a Niners fan. You missed that. But we did beat the Seahawks, <laughs> yeah. right? And 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 uh, you know, I, I I hold. I'm not one of these dudes that's like super righteous about it. Like I'm never gonna watch the NFL again. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Like yeah. I love NFL football. This is a real like sacrifice for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, There's a but, guy. You know what? There's a guy in my office who's like, yeah, I don't watch. I'm not. I don't watch the NFL anymore. It's because of Kaepernick. Um, he's a young. Well, I guess he's you know young. He's our age. He's black. He's from Harlem, and he like sounded had a lot of the same kind of response you're saying the things that nfl fans were saying the things that owners were saying like really turned him off in the wake of kaepernick so he's like i'm not gonna watch the nfl it's like all right cool you know like i totally understand that as a boycott but he's still playing fantasy football which you know like i understand you don't watch the game so you don't you know create revenue you're not gonna be a viewer that supports the league but i'm like you know you're still in it man you know what I mean? Like, I think if you're playing yeah. fantasy, you're still like that, that's a pretty tangential boycott. So, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and so, and so, like, and and so, this is the argument that I've been having with people, like, because I've completely divested. I'm not playing fantasy. Yes. I haven't bought anything 49ers related. I'm not wearing the 49ers items I already own. Wow. Um, you know that's what I'm good. saying? Like, yeah. um, and it started with Kaepernick, but it got so much bigger than that because once your eyes is, you know, once the new penny shine is taken off of something and you see all the dents and the scratches, yeah. like, 
it is, you know, I'm seeing Well, I think I think that's actually happening. a really interesting point, which is, you know, nobody offered you a thousand dollars to stop watching NFL games. Mm-hmm. You reached a point no. where your politics couldn't could no longer support it. You were like, you know what, I can't support right. this and I'm because of the things they've done. And yeah, and I'm thinking <laughs> the, the, the the real problem with this study is that they asked people who are on Facebook and love Facebook, what it would cost, right? But like the real question is how many people would just leave Facebook right now if you just asked them to? You know what I mean? Like if, right. if like, like just are, game a good there are a lot of people. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are on the bubble, man. Like uh, the stuff about Russian hacking, the more I heard about it and how dark it was, you know, I think at the at, at the beginning, I assumed it was all that kind of like extreme conservative propaganda that was out there, all that anti-Hillary stuff. No, they was fake. But they were like doing, they were black people. I, yes, they, they had, pretended to be black and started their own, own, you know, like Black Lives Matter pages with you know, and I, yes. it was just like felt so insidious and, and dark. I don't know why that felt I, worse, but it did. I followed at least one of those pages. Yeah, like, a I lot of people did. At least one yeah. of those pages, yeah. and I was just like. Whoa! Yeah. Like yeah. they well, Comedy Central, uh, the Daily Show made a joke of it by saying like, you know, the Russians had to learn what black people like, what we don't like, how we speak, <laughs> da, 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 which is something I would appreciate if you know my own government doing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the the Russian but, government uh, spent more time trying to understand black people than the, the American government did. <laughs> Right, but <laughs> only with the insidious purpose of using yeah. it yeah. against this country. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's many. Um, and and Facebook fostered that. Facebook hasn't properly apologized or like changed uh, or restructured in any way that I could see that would prevent that from happening again. I made a fake group page just to see if I could make a fake group page. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was, it, it was a page for women. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I posed as a woman. I made the page just to see if it was just that simple to make the page and create the page. And it mm-hmm. was. And it's like, I deleted the page and it's like, I'm scared. Like, uh, you know, this is some real black mirror level shit. Who can you trust? Like what's yeah. real and what's not? And yeah. um they didn't just do it on Facebook. They did it across other social media platforms, but other social media platforms did a way better job of addressing it than Facebook. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And um it, it this is just like not just that, but like the racism you hear about happening at Facebook headquarters. Yeah. Uh, it, it it there are just so many reasons for me, and, and I'm I'm finding myself kind of wanting to shut up because the further I continue this conversation, the less likely it is that I'll like log back on the Facebook once yeah. again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's one of those things. In order to keep doing it, you have to not think about it. You know what I mean? It's right. like it's and the kind I of thing like, like I used to that. get really caught like, up, like oh buying clothes i'll be like well damn hold on this is what country is this made in and are they using sweatshop labor and it's like the more you think about it the more you're like you realize everything around you is a product of a capitalist oppressive structure so i had to just shut my brain off 
and just buy some jeans at Levi's and just <laughs> keep it moving. You know what I mean? I had I had to just get those Nikes and then just not think about the fact that it's probably like an 11 year old uh, who who put them together. Uh, I'm not advocating that worldview, but I, I know exactly what you mean. If you think about something too long, you realize like I'm participating in an immoral structure. Uh, just to just to bring up a positive point. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I just, my, my last question before we go, uh, aside from like how much you have to pay people to get them to go on Facebook. Like I, I believe that, you know, pretty soon we will be in a post Facebook world, right? Like Facebook is not here to stay. Right. I, I want to say it's going to go the same place that Friendster and MySpace did, but is that true? Am I being foolish or, or is it no. realistic it's to expect? Facebook- I think Facebook is kind of too big to fail at this point. Um, it might at some point do away with its social media component. They, but they provide at this point too many services and own uh, so much outside of just the website of Facebook. You know, if if uh, Facebook ceased to exist tomorrow. The, they're still Instagram. They're mm-hmm. still like, uh, you know, well, they have other... hardware now. Wasn't that a big like Christmas, you know, holiday yeah, season? The, what's it called? Right. They were it's pushing a... was the like Facebook interactive, yeah, like a video screen. thing you can like yeah. talk yeah. to people. Right. Yeah. Right. I just I want to say like if assistance. the if the reason that a technology fails is that it's like you know there's, there's its algorithm isn't any good, right? Like there's there's a flaw. Somebody comes along with a better set like a better written code for this same thing if if facebook has been exposed to have these flaws where it's like very easily undermined isn't it possible that someone's going to come along with a better version of that and people will gravitate towards that i guess i mean yeah it would make sense you know yeah just like present an alternative you know, I'm ready for and, the and people could gravitate anti book. That it could be called anti book. Too bad none of us can code. <laughs> we could just make anti book right now. It's a good right name. Now. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm gonna leave it there. Thanks to both of you, Eming and Charlie, for coming on tonight. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, until next time, Quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California. 